That introduction aged me. <laughs> I, am, I am Alan, and I'll be spending quality time with the help. <laughs> he is a, a cheap tart and a drunken stupor. Ski. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, he thinks about Nick Nolte every day. <laughs> True <Brent>. that. <laughs> Which I think is you right to uh, kidnap him, right? I believe so. <laughs> so. What's your favorite Nick Nolte movie? Uh, Blue Chips. Nice. Nice. Where he gets like uh, it's arrested where he played. and uh, put on TV. <laughs> That's the one where he played second banana to Larry Bird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say co-star, but <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to be going over a Golden Palace episode seven. Nice. Seems like old times, part one. Uh, which one of you two are doing the recap for this one? He's doing I am. part okay, one. So Brent yeah. will be doing the recap today, and then uh, probably should have clarified that before I <laughs> hit print. <laughs> There were uh, quite a few alternate openings I had. Would you guys like to hear a few Always. before we start yes, in? Um, so I said... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I could hold off and I'll introduce a new feature later <laughs> right. that I call alternate openings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about introducing you saying, uh, this tub must be. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that was my favorite underhanded uh, slam that I've ever heard on yeah. the Golden Girls, I think. But we'll get to that one. Hopefully uh, you... I haven't I called it out a good deal. Yeah. Um, I was going to say that uh, one of you sells fruit out of your trunk. Mm-hmm. And I thought about uh, walk away now and no one gets hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I definitely thought about introducing Ski as flip him over so you can sleep on the cold side. Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> Although Ski doesn't really have a cold side. You might, Brent. Mm-hmm. I do. I My ass is about 13 degrees cooler than the rest of my body. Uh, <laughs> well, I just meant more personality-wise. Oh. Like, I think Ski's all warmth. Yeah, and I've got I, a cold shoulder. Yeah, I definitely have a couple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fun fact about body temperature, mm-hmm. apparently, uh, like, 98.7 is, like, the supposed standard, right? Right. Yeah. Apparently, over the last, let's say, 100 years since that was established, mm-hmm. humans are actually getting slightly colder every uh, generation. Oh, really? So what what should it be now? Now it's, like, 97-something. Nice. Interesting. Nice. So now if, like, your kid has a fever of, like, 99, then they're a bit more feverish than... Yeah, than would have necessarily been... Mm-hmm. Well, kids are different, too, but they mean the adult oh, okay. uh, temperature. Mm-hmm. So I can still send Liam to school even if he's at, like, 100, 101? 108, yeah. 108, good. yeah. <laughs> You're an American. You yeah. can send him to school regardless. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I pay my taxes. Exactly. <laughs> With too much long, you'd be able to send him to the factory, too. <laughs> right. <laughs> They are working on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's only nine, so I've yeah. got at least three years before he can start yeah. to, to factory work. I don't know. Yeah. The small hands, I get good into the uh, equipment easier, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What did I say the other day? It was something along those lines. 
I wasn't there. I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I was talking <laughs> to I was talking with Cassidy about something, and she asked me about something that I did when I was her age or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I didn't have time for that. I was too busy stamping out fenders at the Chrysler plant. <laughs> 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 or something like that. <laughs> and she was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, she just doesn't care anymore. <laughs> she just <laughs> She's immune to my charms. <laughs> Most people are. <laughs> right. Thanks, Dad. Thanks for the honest answer. I yeah. appreciate that. Catch you later. I think that's probably, you know... It, one of the biggest benefits for our podcast is that mm-hmm. they only have one week worth of your charms mm-hmm. at a time. You know, exactly. like an hour a week is the perfect <laughs> amount to never wear your... But it's a medicinal grade dose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's one of our extra long episodes, you exactly. may want to not f- operate heavy machinery afterwards. Exactly. They need to dilute this podcast with water. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know. Listen to 10 minutes a day and yeah. <laughs> nurse it till the following Monday. Release. I'd be totally fine. It would probably yeah. count as a download each day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Extended release. Yeah. Maybe just a little bit every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. All right. Well, I guess do either of you have anything else to add before Brent jumps into the recap? Not I. I don't want to hear more about Ski's extended release and uh. giving it to Nicole every day. <laughs> well. I think he looks at it as that he gives it to her once and she needs to make it last. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Every Thursday it's a new white wedding. (laughs) (laughs) And then start again. Exactly. (laughs) You guys been watching us at home or something? (laughs) (sighs) Y'all ready for this? Bum, bum. <laughs> yeah, it's indeed. You know, you remember that Jock Jams. Uh, volume two? Uh, this is volume one. I didn't spend as much time with that one. Mm-hmm. Well, which one was that from? I would assume that was one. I assume so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, remember that for later. Okay. <laughs> um, remember Jock Jams for later, volume one. Gotcha. Exactly. It's going to be the official soundtrack to Lucas and Dorothy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Golden Girls Season 8, Episode 7, Seems Like Old Times, Part 1 of 2. Uh, the episode originally aired on October 30th, 1992. The stage manager for this episode was friend of the show, Kent Bornack. Spoiler alert, we'll mention him again in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're looking for a few fun facts about October 30th, you're in luck. Whether it's good or bad luck, though, is in the eye of the beholder. I think October 30th, for whatever reason, seems like a day being so close to Halloween. I feel like mm-hmm. there'd be a lot of fun facts about October there 30th. There were. There were. I had to whittle it down quite a bit. Um, just to 10. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, 1735, uh, that fat, arrogant, anti-charismatic national embarrassment known as the second president of the United States, John Adams, was born. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, fun fact... Uh, John Adams died on the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1826. 1826. He wasn't sad, though, because his BFF, Thomas Jefferson, was alive and kicking. His final words were, Thomas Jefferson survives. Of course, we now know that the joke was on him. Old TJ had actually died a few hours earlier. Ah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. They um, were like real good pen pals at the end of their life. Yeah, yeah. Like they had like drastically contrasting views on a lot of things, mm-hmm. but 
Like the older they got, the the closer they became, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they sort of considered each other like the loyal opposition. Yeah. You know? um, we don't have that anymore. Uh, <laughs> and I and I think they were both sort of bound in their hatred of um, that Alexander Hamilton you were telling me about. Uh, who? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the one, one that was uh, lost to history. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I can do some more about, uh, research on that if you want me to. If you could, that'd be great. Get back to you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's actually where that opening bit came from. Oh, really? Um, Dole Hamilton called him a fat, arrogant, anti-charismatic national oh. embarrassment. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Uh, 1885, Ezra Pound, the expat modernist poet who wrote the 800-page poem called The Cantos while still finding time to sympathize with Italian fascists, was born. Of course, Sounds before, like a full schedule. That's right. Of course, before all that could happen, he had to spend time teaching at Wabash College in Crawfordsville, Indiana. He described the college <laughs> town as, quote, the sixth circle of hell. <laughs> I wish Ezra had lived past 1972. He sounds like someone I would have liked to follow on Yelp. <laughs> you think they got his order wrong at the local diner? <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> you do. He's like, I am never going back to that Sonic again. <laughs> 1893, Charles Atlas, the 98-pound weakling who used dynamic tension to turn himself into a beast of a man, was mm. born. When it comes to sand kicked in my face, I've had my share. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> oh. It's the only oh. Thing that we are the champions. Oh, okay. Fair I've enough. had my share of yeah. sand kicked in my face. <laughs> I'm so used to singing over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no, I've not had my share over there. <laughs> Nothing but American poontang for me. <laughs> 1896, uh, Ruth Borden, the hotsy-totsy star of Harold and Maude, was born. Hotsy-totsy. Yep. Uh, 1939, Grace Slick, who was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for having two top ten hits with the Jefferson Airplane, White Rabbit and Somebody to Love, was born. No word on one. Those are make. good songs. Yeah. No word on when she'll make it back into the Hall of Fame with Jefferson Starship, who had three number one hits. Nothing's going to stop us now, Sarah, and we built this city. How many number one hits do you think you need to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Like, what's, like, not how many have people Zero. classically gotten, so you feel like you don't need any hits? None at all. Okay. Just like, be recognizable enough? Yeah, it, influential <clears throat> enough. Like, Velvet Underground. Well, okay, no let me hits. put it a different way. I don't mean that, you, like, how many should be the minimum requirement, um, but how many should be the. Like, if, if you if have you, X number, you automatically exactly, get in? Exactly, yeah. Like, hmm. what would be the minimum requirement for an automatic bid? Or do you think there's any minimum? Like, if you had 100 number one hits, but I don't know, for whatever reason. It's forgettable. You still don't think that's enough to automatically guarantee you a spot? Correct. I don't think. Like, it's one of those things that, yeah, I don't think. Like, if you have five number ones, I don't think that should get you in, mm, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I can agree with that. I do feel like two or three. I, I think two to me is enough. Number one hits. I think two number one hits. And so you and, think Millie Billy should be in there? Well, I mean, I do think they're going to be extinct. I bet they are. <laughs> is Millie Vanilli not in there? No, they're not in there. Are you sure? I'm damn sure. <laughs> All right. I'll look it up later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, how I've been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame once, and okay. it's a fantastic, you know. Uh -huh. The Hall of Fame, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if you're in the Cleveland area, mm -hmm. I recommend it. Definitely. That said, like, how much do they stick to the rock and roll genre? Are there many people in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that are completely not 
yeah. rockers. I yeah. would, yeah. definitely and, and it's more and more that. every year. Okay. You know, I mean, it definitely. I don't say that it's not an entire wing or whatever, mm. but every year hip hop becomes more and more represented. Would you say it should now be like a pop music, music hall of fame or uh, something of that nature? I think they're still going with rock and roll because of the attitude. Well, oh, okay. You know, sort Fair of that enough. fight the power type thing. And you can fight the power with country music or hip hop or whatever. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah. I just wasn't sure. Because Millie Vanilli, you know, kind of walks the line. I don't know that they would be considered <laughs> even taking they're away. Almost, they're like semi-reggae pop or something. They're yeah, like... they, I, I wouldn't call them rock and roll. I wouldn't be like, oh, my favorite <laughs> rock song. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on the radio. They wrote the greatest protest songs this side of Uptown Girl. <laughs> yeah. Nineteen forty-five. Uh, American treasure Henry Winkler was born. Oh. I won't make fun of the fonds, and anyone who does can sit on it. <laughs> uh, before you guys mention your favorite Henry Winkler show, um, I'll go ahead and call dibs on both Arrested Development and Parks and Recreation. Although I'd be willing to give up, give up one of those if Alan does not go with Cop and a Half. Okay. Well, I guess you'll have to give up one because I'm not going with Cop and a Half. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to set you up. <laughs> I mean, I think. If- Given that you've stolen those two already, uh-huh. <laughs> then I think I'd have to probably go with, um, well, Happy Days, obviously, hmm. and then uh, Barry. I think mm-hmm. Barry, he's really good. Have you seen Barry? Just the first season. He's really good in it. Yeah. And it's a different role than, um, mm-hmm. you know, like, obviously the Fonz, everything he's done since the Fonz has been completely opposite of the Fonz, I feel oh, like. Oh, yeah, he's, does he's not like played another 1950s rebel since. Well, he's just never played a tough guy since, <laughs> at oh, least yeah. that I've ever seen. <laughs> and so, Do you consider the Fonz to be a tough guy? I mean, he's a street tough. And <laughs> 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 then that much. I mean, yeah. I think he, he gives he's himself a reputation. The persona. Yeah, yeah the persona. True. Yeah. 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 It may be a somewhat false persona, but it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I, I did love him in Waterboy. Yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give that some That was one of my well. favorite movies for him, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any that have not already been stolen by Brent or I? No, I was going to say Happy Days would probably be my thought. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> How much time was he in Joni Loves Chachi? Hopefully none. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to give that one a ski. Okay. But. <laughs> <laughs> so also in 1945, uh, Jackie Robinson, the pride of the Kansas City Monarchs, integrated baseball. Uh, playing shortstop, Jackie went one for four, but he made that hit count. He hit a double, knocking in a run before stealing a base himself and eventually making it home. Those two runs padded the Monarchs' 6-2 to two victory over the all-honky Chicago Giants. Ah. Weren't they all all honky at that time besides they were. the Kansas City Monarchs? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they were. <laughs> uh, 1947, Timothy B. Schmidt. Well, I thought right. he oh. integrated into the Dodgers. Um, eventually. Um, oh. That when he made the major leagues. Okay. But he started off in the Monarchs. Who oh. were in the minor league. I didn't work your way that up. was the first part. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You got to work your way up. I'm just glad that's the way Ski interjected. I was afraid he was going to interject something about him stealing a base. <laughs> he was going to interject oh, about, wow. interject about him was stealing right? a white man's job. Is number 42? I think yeah, so, yeah. he was. Did you know that that's the only number that's retired in all of baseball? Yes, I can see that. And I think there's one time a year uh, every player wears number 42 in honor of it. Like on the same game? Yes. Everybody That'd be a horrible 40. box score. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I don't know if it's like maybe they have just 42 on the front of their jersey and then their normal number in the back or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. I'm not sure so. how that's worked out, but yeah. I, I only know this because we saw uh, the uh, Chadwick Boseman adaptation the other day mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. We, we caught the end of it. Was Harrison Ford good in that? Uh, the part I saw, yeah. Okay. Like we saw maybe the last 
I would say I saw the last third of the movie. Okay. My wife had been watching it before that, though. So you started about the seventh inning stretch? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I thought it was quite good. Yeah. I mean, that's when it gets interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's when everybody gets to go out to the ballpark and yeah. have some peanuts and maybe a little Cracker Jack. Maybe. <laughs> 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 When's the last time you had Cracker Jacks? Uh, not in a long time. Yeah, it's been, I can't remember. I mean, it's got to be a decade for me, I would think. Yeah, yeah. me too. I need to go out and buy some. Yeah. And then we're reminisce about how mediocre of a snack it truly is. <laughs> it really is. Like, I would rather have just plain popcorn or buttered popcorn or whatever than yeah. something caramel yeah. flavored. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about caramel, Brent? <laughs> Where would you rank it among the... Uh, Man-manufactured man type <laughs> taste, would you say? Fool me once. <laughs> All right, so 1947, Timothy B. Schmidt, uh, my favorite member of one of my least favorite bands, was born. Uh, my initial thought was that I'd mention he appeared on the two best Steely Dan albums, Pretzel Logic and Asia, uh, and that he sang backing vocals on what's occasionally my favorite Steely Dan song, Berrytown. But then I realized that I should mention the fact that he and Freddie Mercury did the background vocals for Andrew Gold's top five hit, Never Let Her Slip Away. That was from Andrew's album, All This in Heaven Too, which, as we all know, featured a little ditty called Thank You for Being a Friend. Ah, very nice. Did you a little roundabout? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 1969, uh, the Canadian reggae rapper Snow was born. I only mention that because I know how much Ski enjoys to lick a boom boom down. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that if I had to pick any of you or any of the three of us to most likely be an informer, it would be Ski. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Unintentional, too. Sure, but yeah. Hello, officer. What you up to this evening? Oh, sounds good. Why? What have I been up to? Why? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> helping a mule haul some dope across the border. <laughs> he was a friendly sort. <laughs> That was a very uh, interesting conversation, sir. Yeah. Uh, on about your day, sir. <laughs> that cop was so nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many questions. Right, yeah. I love an inquisitive mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 1985, the Space Shuttle Challenger uh, started its final successful mission. Uh, there'd be one more liftoff in its future, but I don't think that one was successful. <laughs> of course, I'm no rocket scientist. <laughs> Uh, 2007, uh, Washu, uh, the chimpanzee who became the first non-human to learn sign language, died. In Washu's honor, I'd just like to sign. <laughs> Amen. Uh, Amen. <laughs> that was a lot of hand movements. A for a podcast. <laughs> B for the word Amen. <laughs> Well, I got. I like to think that he was saying a prayer. And I was. Oh, okay. I thought it was just the amen. <laughs> no, I was doing the Lord's prayer. And then, oh, okay, you did the whole Lord's prayer, the whole Our Father. Yeah, amen. yeah. Oh, well, then that was impressively fast. Yeah, that's well. I'm a speed reader. <laughs> he, yeah, he he went to uh, like auctioneer school for the hands or for the deaf. For the deaf. <laughs> <laughs> okay. have, um, have you seen those new uh, Braille Legos? I feel like I have. Yeah. Um, or I feel like I saw something about the Braille Legos. Yeah, they're really, really cool. Um, Cassidy, like I saw them like in the Lego catalog we get in the mail or whatever. Mm. And then Cassie was looking through it and she asked if we could get some. And I was like, yeah, you know, I think I'd be on board with that. Sure. And then she was like, she's like, what would you write with them? And I was like, do not touch. <laughs> 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 and Helena like gave me it. a look. <laughs> Uh, and in 2007, uh, Vera's favorite client, Robert Goulet, died. 
I believe I got to use a similar joke when we celebrated Bob's birthday on November 26th, concurrently with Season 6, Episode 3, If At Last You Don't Succeed. Mm. <laughs> All right. Y'all ready? I think so. <clears throat> yeah. That's a, a right. wonderful history uh, lesson there. Thank you. Let me wet my whistle. Have we hit the hour mark yet? Uh, no, not yet. We're at about half an hour. Oh, nice. So, yeah. And, and that includes our, you know, stuff at the beginning. Oh, okay. Pre-banter. That might be at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-banter. <laughs> Pre-banter banter. <laughs> uh, the episode starts with Don Cheadle ladling soup and with Rose mopping the kitchen floor. This is probably the most action-packed beginning we've had this season. Uh, Sophia enters the kitchen and Rose tells her that the floor is as wet as their old linen closet. Mm -hmm. Sophia (laughs) (laughs) Sophia claims she's innocent or as innocent as an Italian fascist sympathizer can be. Uh, Chewie walks into the kitchen, asks if Sophia is using the kitchen as a linen closet, and Mm -hmm. is complimented by Rose for being a sharp-dressed man. Mm -hmm. Chewie and Roland explain that Chewie's divorce has been finalized. Uh, They stop short of singing free at last, which is odd because I think that's in the public domain. Uh, Blanche enters the kitchen and announces that Dorothy's made it to the Miami-Dade airport. It'll be the first time they've seen her since the season 7 finale. In case you missed that episode, it was the one where Dorothy said that Sophia wasn't allowed to live on her own and that she'd have to come live with Dorothy and her new husband, Lucas. But that storyline wrapped up with them deciding that Sophia can take care of herself and that she should be allowed to make her own living arrangements. Right. (laughs) uh, Good summation. Yeah. (laughs) So... Roland announces that, once again, the hotel is book solid. If there's one recurring theme this season, it's that the hotel is either struggling to fill rooms or, when they need a room to put someone, booked solid. All right. <laughs> Whatever does seem to be, the uh, <laughs> Exactly. It's <laughs> feast or famine for yeah. Golden Palace. We're only seven episodes in, and they've definitely gone to that, that well a few times both yeah. ways. Uh, Blanche says that Dorothy cannot stay in her room because of her active social life. Honestly, I think Blanche has really toned it down this season. We're on episode seven, and I don't believe we've met a single suitor. Uh, Rose says that Dorothy cannot stay in her room. Apparently, she doesn't believe in using fluffers. Mm. And the, op- <laughs> the opening scene ends with Blanche and Rose telling Roland that Dorothy didn't think they could handle running a hotel. Roland acknowledged their triumph and rewarded them with some passive aggressiveness. He did. <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, so I've got a new feature. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Hi. Um, so this is our first episode without Oliver, don't call me Spud, Webb. <laughs> and <laughs> since the writers didn't bother to come up with an excuse for where Oliver's been, I thought we could toss that question out to you, the listening audience. Okay. We'll go ahead and call this new feature, Where in the World is Oliver Webb? And if it proves popular enough, we'll enlist Rockapella to come up with a theme song. <laughs> I think that's a definite. We should definitely work on that right away. Exactly. Uh, there's almost no way it won't be popular enough. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think we'll probably get feedback from Rockapella now Quite with possibly. some options. Right. Okay. They'll probably be listening to this episode. <laughs> I'm sure there's at least one member of Rockapella that's among. <laughs> yeah, they probably so, already got yeah. a few ready. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping someone would be ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> So what I was thinking was, in the comments for the post advertising that this episode has dropped, you could write a sentence or two, if you're bored, about what Oliver has been up to this week. If you're feeling wholesome, you could comment, he spent the day detasseling corn. Mm. If you're inclined to go dark, you could tell us about the manhunt currently underway for his kidnapper and what the police will do when they eventually catch Coco. Personally, if the Sophia's Choice bylaws allowed me to participate, I'd comment, living his best life at 38 degrees, 2 minutes, 36 seconds north, 87 degrees, 50 minutes, 21 seconds west. But that's just me. Where is that, or are you willing to tell us? Oliver, Indiana. Ah. (laughs) I like it. I thought you were trying to lead people to your own house. No. no, no. (laughs) 
Um, so obviously, you know, we're starved for content around I like these to think parts. That he's fishing. <laughs> oh yeah, it could be that for tuna, bumblebee tuna. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Delicious bumblebee tuna, Alan. I like the idea now that he's like been enlisted, like he's a longshoreman. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. He was down at the rusty anchor and got drafted. <laughs> yeah. Got his ditty yeah. bag. Right? Yep. Exactly. Um, so yeah, you know, we're starved for content, so we'll read any appropriate comments on a future episode, and preferably they'll be read during an episode that I'm in charge of recapping. As an added bonus, if your comment is considered to be one of the top 37 funniest comments for that week, <laughs> we'll send you a sticker. <laughs> yeah, I would say that in all likelihood, any comments made will be by somebody who already has a sticker. <laughs> <laughs> but if anybody wants another or makes yeah. a comment, we'll be more than happy to send another your way. Yeah. All right, so the second scene is in the lobby. Uh, Roland works the desk. Chewie enters and announces that he signed his divorce papers, and the two of them give an overly elaborate handshake. For two dudes who don't enjoy sleeping together, they should sure do enjoy pressing the flesh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Chewie tells Roland that he celebrated his independence with tributes to Mary Tyler Moore, Marlo Thomas, and Barbara Eden. Chewie seems to have a thing for sitcom legends. Chewie tells Roland that some he's... good ones there, though. Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Chewie tells Roland that he's already lonely, and Roland's advice is to go out with the next woman he sees. Of course, the next woman Chewie sees is sitcom legend B. Arthur. <laughs> uh, the studio audience goes nuts when they see Dorothy enter the Golden Palace. They've not seen her for six whole episodes, and absence has made the heart grow fonder. The writers aren't having that shit, though, and they make, all, make her greeting all about how Chewie's got to work up the nerve to spend social time with a woman like that. Introductions are made, and then Chewie leaves Dorothy to fend for herself. Before she can introduce herself to Roland, her cab driver enters the lobby. He starts to complain about how she was a lousy tipper, and she responds with a review of his performance. The cab driver is played by the man, the myth, the legend, Kenton Zbornak. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and call it now. There will never, ever be a more famous person playing a cab driver on an episode of Golden Palace. <laughs> You're probably right. I can't, yeah. <laughs> the... the, the possibility of that seems almost astronomical. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's the that's the smart bet right there. Yep. Uh, Roland introduces himself to Dorothy and tells her that the other Goldens had warned him about her hideous appearance. Hmm. All is forgiven when Rose, Blanche, and Sophia enter the lobby. The studio audience loves seeing them together, and even Don Cheadle seems to enjoy the moment. The scene ends with them deciding that Rose will share her room and Roland turning their four-way hug into a five-way embrace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the part where Ma was like, yeah, they're much more into this than I am. But yeah, I'm she kind of like ducks out of the group hug for a yeah. moment. Yeah. Like, oh. She's like, go grab a mint. Yeah, she's like, I got to get like, back. <laughs> yeah, wedges herself back in there. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, it was a nice moment overall, yeah. you know, having Dorothy back on. Granted, like you said, it's not been that mm -hmm. terribly long since we last saw her. Yeah. Um, but at the same time. I would imagine for the cast, it was probably a bit of a homecoming. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, time-wise for how much time was... Uh, uh, likely spent with like between seasons and uh, also with uh, shooting and stuff. I bet it was a bit of time. Yeah, it's a good chance they hadn't seen her in like six months or however long or between. So. That is a nice segue for our new feature. Oh, okay. Uh, so this week we're debuting another new feature and we're calling this one Be Gone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically just a segment of the random roles interview uh, that Don Cheadle did with the Onions AV Club about his time on the Golden Palace. In order to keep this thing moving along and to prevent Ski from doing his John Don Cheadle impression, mm. um, I'll be reading from both the interviewer and Mr. Cheadle. <laughs> just <laughs> there's no way it could come off well. <laughs> 
like would that? I go the Hotel Rwanda route? Uh. <laughs> um, right, so the AV Club, uh, given that they were coming off of a long-running, highly successful show, what were the girls like to work with? Don Cheadle. I loved working with all of them. They were really, really sweet, especially Betty White. She is, as advertised, raunchy sometimes, but always just so sweet. AV Club. When B. Arthur came in to guest star, did it feel like royalty was visiting? Don Cheadle. Um, long pause. I don't want to tell tales out of school, but it felt like several things. Laughs. <laughs> AV Club. I'll leave it to your discretion as far as which tales you want to tell. Don Cheadle. She was a bit notorious. It was definitely La Diva de Gran. Laughs. Yeah, it was definitely a different energy when B was on the set. <laughs> uh, so, so she was maybe a more challenging person to work with than the other three. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder if that was always the case or if that just was like, because I mean, we already know that she'd left the show essentially yeah. after seven I, seasons, not one to do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. I mean, yeah. I think that for, for one, she was the second biggest, maybe the biggest actually, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You could definitely argue that she was a bigger star at the time she came oh, on definitely. the show than, than Betty White even was. Yeah, I definitely think she was. Because um, she had starred in her own show as yeah, opposed to exactly. just being a co-star, yeah. so... And I got to think that week in, week out, you know, it's just the others making fun of her appearance. It's yeah. got to wear on you after a while. I don't know how Ski does it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's been doing it for 40, you yeah, know, exactly. 44 years. I'm an ugly point. man. I've grown up an ugly man. I'll die an ugly man. I'm saying that. <laughs> and it's, it's harder to be ugly and stupid, but I've managed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's the kind of person who looks at the lot that he was given and how far he's come based on that, <laughs> and that's why he can still be happy. Gotcha. <laughs> it's like, I've gotten well more than I deserve. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the good Lord didn't bless him <laughs> with good looks or athletic uh-huh. ability or a fully functioning brain, but... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> as, as long as... Uh, why you know. we laugh. Right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I'm funny, make joke. <laughs> But, you know, he can be the third wheel on a an unsuccessful podcast. Exactly. It puts him, puts him one up on Rocky Dennis. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I find it to be a very successful podcast. That's because you don't see the numbers. <laughs> I see it for uh, a different uh, value, though. Ah, so. Which is? Seeing you guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting a chance to sit and laugh for a few hours. And yeah. Forget your fun. cares. Say what? Forget your cares. Throw caution to the wind. That's Mm. it, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that someday, you know, when this is in the National Archives. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And your descendants get to look back on it. Uh Stamped onto a gold disc and sent into space. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That can be some of the first communication that our alien brothers create. Exactly. Exactly. Will that mean uh, they decide, yeah, let's not bother with that plan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They pick up our, our podcast got, and they're like, yeah, they're not ready. <laughs> we got we got two or three directions we can head with our remaining fuel. We'll just go this other way. Yeah. <laughs> Take our chances. Out yeah. of the cold, dark space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the void. Check that back closet in the black hole. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the third scene starts off with Rose uh, frantically working the kitchen and Blanche announcing that table four is still looking for his English muffins. I love English muffins <coughs> as, much as, as much as the next guy, and I've ordered them at restaurants before, but I've never ordered multiples of them, nor have I ever gotten upset enough over their absence to raise a stink. 
If you're if you having a successful day is dependent upon getting some English muffins, your day is already an uphill battle. <laughs> I did like Rose's threat to pour butter in that man's nooks and crannies. <laughs> you know, it's a funny that line. A, yeah. yeah, it was a good draw. I'm, I'm surprised they never found a reason for Blanche to say it. <laughs> yeah, that definitely would have been fitting, but of course in a different context. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Roland enters the kitchen, and they ask if he's heard anything new from Chewie. Uh, Roland is upset and blaming himself because the night before, he'd taken Chewie to the Velvet Slipper. It's a nice callback to Season 7, Episode 18, Ebtide 6, The Wrath of Stan. That's the one where Sophia tried to purchase a pair of velvet slippers from Shimshacks. <laughs> uh, Dorothy enters the kitchen and tries to get the other Goldens to go to the beach. Uh, she probably wants to collect seashells, or perhaps Alvin's. <laughs> Sophia enters and announces that she's done bussing tables. Dorothy tells her that the tub must weigh 30 pounds. Sophia says that's exactly what the doctor said when Dorothy was born. Man, those riders must have missed dig dig dogging on B. Arthur. <laughs> yeah, they really they, they take every advantage of it in this <laughs> episode, do. or these two episodes. Um, yeah. There is almost a little bit of venom to some of it. <laughs> I'm like, well, she's probably not coming back on after this, so we're going to get in as many digs yeah. as possible. Although they've yeah. still been throwing out barbs at her the whole time during mm -hmm. the first six episodes. Too. Yeah. So. yeah. So Dorothy tells the other Goldens about how Sophia used her for slave labor. Uh, luckily, Roland had already left the kitchen by that point. Uh, Dorothy starts working as a waitress for the Golden Palace. That goes as well as can be expected. On the bright side, she ends her interaction with an annoying customer by dumping some pie on him. My initial thought was that the writers were going to bust out her tired catchphrase, walk away and nobody gets hurt. Mm -hmm. I thought maybe that was going to come up again, too. Yeah. Did you catch the uh, draw to uh, um, just a sprinkle a day? Mm -mm, I don't think so. She, when she was talking to the rude customer, mm -hmm. she was saying, like, you know, in the little bit of time I've known you, because mm -hmm. she asked, you know, about uh, if you're going to say, have a good day, or I get my free pie, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, so, in the time that uh, she knew him, or had been serving him, he said that, she said that he'd been rude about uh, the food, the service, and the ambiance, or whatever, I don't right. remember mm -hmm. exactly. But uh, she said, I don't I care if you have a pulse, which is... Uh, much less a good day, right? Yeah. And then she said in that little bit, you even alluded to the fact that a sprinkle a day wasn't enough for me. And I was like, man, what was that from? So I looked it up. It was a sprinkle a day, keeps the odor away. Ah. <laughs> it's a shower to shower, like a uh, powder. Like a deodorant type powder. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it was a, a uh, like commercial. For from everybody the or 90s. just ladies? or? I think it was early 90s, 80s. But like, which gender is it? Like, Oh, either. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. The, the commercial is just showing people in the shower, like, sprinkling powder on themselves. Hmm. Or just after the shower, I would assume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever put powder on myself anywhere. Yeah. I mean, not that I can recall either. Luckily, I'm not to the point or I've never had a circumstance where I needed a powder down there. Mm -hmm. um, I know my friend James. <laughs> he had a situation where he had to put on some gold bond medicated powder yeah. at a point. But yeah. My body at this point, you know, being the temple that it is, I've never had to powder anything. Yeah. I had to do it with my feet for a while when I was working at uh, uh, Polytainer. Oh. I would get so hot throughout the day, it was mm -hmm. like hurting my feet, the skin on my feet. It would, mm. That doesn't surprise me like at all. It was like 12 hour days, like I had to wear like mm -hmm. clothed toes. I think I even had to have steel toe shoes there. Probably, yeah. And so it was Good worse. Answer. Well, Ski, too. Ski is a man who knows how to perspire. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was his best uh, offensive move when we used to play basketball as dudes. <laughs> be like a greased pig. Yeah, exactly. Like he would just be so sweaty, no one would even want to guard him. Yeah. Offensive and defensive, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like he, 
he, after a game of basketball, he could shake his head off like he had just gotten out of a pool. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. It was, uh, yeah, funny. Funny because it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so Sophia enters the kitchen uh, for a moment, and Dorothy tells her that she doesn't look well. Uh, Sophia says that she's fine and gets back to work. Dorothy picks up the phone and calls someone who cares. <laughs> she tells Lucas uh, that what they had discussed before she even arrived in Miami is true. Sophia needs to live with them, and the scene ends with Lucas responding and Dorothy nodding into the telephone receiver. I thought that was odd. <laughs> like they yeah. should have cut that off five seconds earlier or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it was weird where it's like we we don't hear anything on that end, but like you said, we just see her. Yeah. You know, nodding away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not knowing how telephones work. Yeah. <laughs> I did like the line from Sophia because like when she was uh, like pale skinned or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, from and then Dorothy thought she looked, you know, ill. She said, it's just because I'm between heartbeats, right? Yeah, yeah come back in 20 minutes and yeah. <laughs> I'll look like something. Um, okay. Anything else you guys want to interject in there? I think we pretty much covered everything. I mean, there were good lines and whatnot, but either you covered them specifically or paraphrased them, so I yeah. feel like I'm good to go. Okay. Ditto. Cool. So this week we're going to debut another new feature, ah. and we're going to call it Number One Record. Okay. So there was definitely a number one song on October 30th, 1992. Okay, It was a monster hit, and I cannot imagine a scenario where anyone listening to this particular podcast hasn't heard it. Okay. okay? Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so what I'd like to do is to give the two of you upwards of ten hints about that song, and whoever guesses it first wins a prize. Okay. So um, like, as the ten go along, it becomes like a little more specific as to the song. Fair enough. Okay. All right. <clears throat> So do we go back and forth, giving a guess? No, just first person to okay. yell it out or whatever. Okay. I was going to say you could roll dice, too. Nah. <laughs> Number one, okay. This single was 4 minutes, 13 seconds long. So, again, we're talking about October 30th, 1992, correct? Correct. All right. I'm going to go with... Um... Look, you don't have to guess every time if you don't want to, also. Okay. But well, you can. Do you want to guess? Uh, I mean, I'll throw out a guess. Yeah. Go for it. I'm going to go with... Um... Uh, girls just want to have fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm way, way off as yeah, far I think as that's like 85. Yeah. But. Give or take. You want to take no, a guess? No guess. Okay. Not yet. The album version of this song was five minutes, 48 seconds. Ah, so there's two versions of the song. Well, mm-hmm. the album version. So the, the popular one was a little abridged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. About a minute and a half, 90 seconds or so. Okay. Um, Vogue. Okay. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, number three, uh, it was written and composed in the key of E-flat major and is set in a time signature of 6-8 with a tempo of 150 beats per minute. Man, oh, we oh. Sh- we should have this, Alan. <laughs> it is getting a lot more specific now. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. Just not specific in the way that we would recognize it, probably. Motown Philly. Had <laughs> <laughs> to be at least 96, 95 time frame. I don't know. It was written and produced by Kenneth Babyface Edmonds, Antonio L.A. Reed, and Daryl Simmons. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'll go with uh, You're My Angel. <laughs> <laughs> it debuted on the soundtrack album to the Eddie Murphy film Boomerang. Hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie, but like, I remember the, the soundtrack was really good. It had a lot of hits. Okay. Well, I think we're ready for the next clue, though. 
At the 1993 Grammy Awards, it won for both Best R&B Performance by a Duo or Group with Vocals and for Best R&B Song. Okay. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with uh, So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. I'm going to say uh, was it Lionel Richie and... Uh, crap, what's his name? Um, I think we're ready for the next clue. Right. <laughs> I'll keep thinking of what I'm trying to think of. Okay. It was not originally included on this group's debut album, but when that album was reissued a year later, it was. Okay. I'll go with um, What a Man. <laughs> <laughs> when a Man Loves a Woman? No. Okay. <laughs> At least a duet, yeah. right? At least a duet yeah. or group. Yeah. Uh, number eight, uh, that group was Boys to Men, and that debut album was called Cooley High Harmony. So I was not doing too bad with my no, you really <laughs> first worked. two guesses. Yeah. Um, I'll Make Love to You. Number nine, um, the Spanish language version of this song was called Al Final del Camino. Our Last Ride? <laughs> Number 10, the Pig Latin version of this song <laughs> was called End of the Odre. End, End of the, the Road. road. <laughs> Man, I was on the right track and Ski fucked me up. Uh, yeah, I'm. I was like, oh no, that was much later, and so I was totally wrong. I admit to it. Good call early on. He was man. he was heading down the right path though, because he was thinking about the boomerang soundtrack, mm -hmm. and you I were like, move it along, move it along. Well, I, I, I don't think I've ever seen Boomerang, much yeah. less do I have any idea what their soundtrack yeah. for that movie was. But all right, so which who do you think won between you two? Like who do you I'll, think got it out sooner? I think Ski. Okay, I think it was almost dead even. I gotta have a winner. I'm gonna say Ski was the winner. So I'll right. say Alan. I'm gonna, say, <laughs> I'm gonna say we have to draw or somehow this game of skill has become a game of chance. <laughs> okay, so uh whoever gets a I, pair I, of goldens. Alright. I got a pair of uh a pair of words. It is a pair, but yeah. not goldens. You don't get a pair, Alan. Is that a number? It's not doesn't have it a number, does it? It just, yeah. just works on those. I got uh Are they the same? That is not a fair one. Okay. <laughs> so, Alan, you win. What do I win? I am giving you the greatest prize of all. Power. Ah. <laughs> you get to decide whether you or your fallen competitor, Ski, recites the lyrics to End of the Road. Oh, okay, I'm going to give that to Ski then. Okay, then. <laughs> there you go, Ski. Do I, am I doing this now? Yeah. <laughs> I can't sing it, though, can I? You cannot. You cannot sing it. You just have to recite them. In a monotone. I'm going to sit over here for the next five and a half minutes. <laughs> this is the epitome of padding. <laughs> you know, we belong together. I don't have no time for you to be playing with my heart like this. You'll be mine forever, baby. You just wait. We belong together. This is that ASMR <laughs> <And you> content. <laughs> yeah. And you know that I'm right. Why do you play with my heart? Why do you play with my mind? Said we'd be forever. Said it'd never die. How could you love me and leave me and never say goodbye? When I can't sleep at night without holding you tight. Girl, each time I try, I just break down and cry. Pain in my head or I'd rather be dead. Spinning around and around, although we've come to the end of the road. <laughs> Still, I can't let it go. It's unnatural. You belong to me. I belong to you. Come to the end of the road. Still, I can't let go. It's unnatural. 
You belong to me, I belong to you. Girl, I know you really love me. You just don't realize. <laughs> You've just never been there before. It's only your first time. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll forgive you. Maybe you'll try. We should be happy together forever, you and I. Will you love me again like I love like you loved me before? This time I want you to love me much more. <laughs> this time instead, just come to my bed and baby, just don't let me don't let me go. Although we've come to the end of the road. End of the road. <laughs> Still I can't let go. End of the road. It's unnatural. You belong to me. Page two. <laughs> Second verse, same as the first. <laughs> I belong to you. I don't know what I'm going to do. Come to the end of the road. I don't know what I'm going to do. Still, I can't let go. Because I feel I've come to the end of the road. It's unnatural. Oh my God. Oh my God. Help me out a little bit, baby. <laughs> I didn't like that performance. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was some uh, season one, episode 20 awkwardness yeah. right there. <laughs> belong to me. I belong to you. Girl, I'm here for you. All those times at night when you just hurt me and just ran out with that other fella. Baby, <laughs> I knew about it. I just didn't care. You just don't understand how much I love you, do you? I'm here for you. I'm not out there. I'm not out to go out there and cheat at night. Maybe I'll forgive you. Just like you did, baby. But that's alright. I love you anyway. Maybe you will try. And I'm still going to be here for you until my dying day, baby. Right now, I'm in just so much pain, baby. We should be happy together forever. Because you just won't come back to me, will you? You and I. Just come back to me. Yes, baby, my heart is lonely. Lonely. <laughs> lonely. <laughs> my, baby, my heart hurts, baby. Yes, I feel pain, too. Lonely. Lonely. <laughs> baby, please. Yeah, you can't sing. <laughs> this time instead, And whatever just... you pain's different than what they're feeling on their first time. Indeed. <laughs> this time instead, just come to my bed and baby just don't let me don't let me, don't let me don't let go. Although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me, I belong to you. Come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me, I belong to you. Although we've come to the end of the road, still I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me, I belong to you. Come to the end of the road. Still, I can't let go. It's unnatural. You belong to me, I belong to you. Songwriters, Antonio Reed, Daryl Simmons, Kenneth Edmonds. You know, that was actually a an, word-for-word an recitation of uh, his wedding vows. Uh -huh. <laughs> exactly. Al was there, he yeah. knows. Well, well, well done sing, or, uh, you know, saying those words. That definitely sounded very cringy. Um, it was so, creepy, wasn't it? Yeah. It makes it sound much more like a stalker talking to someone to me. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I remember I had a conversation. There was a guy that Ski and I used to work with named Gerald who mm -hmm. was probably younger than we are now, mm -hmm. um, but we were like 19, 20 years old right when we worked with him. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty close to it. But everybody there acted like he was, you know, the old a man from the years sea. Old. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, and he was also a little bit on the short side, but everybody acted like he was four foot tall. Um, <laughs> but he was probably like <laughs> five five. Oh, yeah. um, but anyways, I, I remember talking about it. I think it was, I can't remember if it was Backstreet Boys or Insync, one of those boy mm -hmm. band songs. And it was, um, 
you know, like, baby, I wish I could turn back time, as impossible as it may seem, mm-hmm. but I wish I could so bad, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it cracked him up because he was like, that is not the way music is supposed to be interpreted. Because <laughs> 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 he was very into music in a general sense. And he was like, you cannot just take the lyrics of a song <laughs> and uh-huh. speak them out loud because it's always going to sound terrible uh-huh. <laughs> on yeah. almost every song. It's going to sound really <laughs> stupid. Yeah. So, but. Anyways, but that was fine. That was a fine, uh, a fine feature, and I'm definitely glad I passed off my winnings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. You guys were arguing over, like, oh, no, <laughs> I let the other person win. Now, Ski, if you would have won the dice roll, would you have read it yourself still, or would you have sent it off to me? Good question. I don't know. Yeah. I'd probably have gone for it, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I love Bowie's Men. I mean, if we could turn back time, impossible as it may seem. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Right, um, so the fourth scene is all about Chewie returning to the Golden Palace, announcing that he had a margarita and got married. The scene ends with him confessing that he had a second margarita and purchased a car. I guess the big difference between the marriage and the new car was the fact that the car came with a test drive. <laughs> <laughs> the fifth scene is in the kitchen. <laughs> Thank you, Ski. <laughs> Just processing. No, I was drinking. <laughs> okay. I would have laughed sooner. Uh, the fifth scene's in the kitchen, and it has the Goldens sitting around the kitchen table discussing sex. Uh, Dorothy tells the Goldens that she and Lucas have entered the sexual experimentation phase of their relationship. She tells them that they're keeping the lights on. I assume they have a safe word and that they turn the lights off if Lucas gets scared. <laughs> 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 Dorothy tells the other Goldens that uh, she wants Sophia to come live with her. Blanche tries to explain to Dorothy that um, the Golden Palace and the girls personally depend upon Sophia. Dorothy tells them that she thinks about her mom every day, and that's reason enough for Sophia to live with her. Blanche says that, with that logic, she should be able to live with Nick Nolte. Of all the jokes that have aged badly on this show, that one, <laughs> that one is near the top. <laughs> Sophia announces that she'll make her own decisions. Uh, the Goldens are amenable to that, especially since the score is 2-1 when it comes to not putting her in Shady Pines. Right. Uh, the fifth scene ends with Sophia calling bullshit on having to choose between her own happiness and Dorothy's happiness. I think that when the worst daughter nominations come out, Dorothy is going to give Kirsten a run for her money. <laughs> oh, wow. And the sixth and final scene is again in the kitchen. It's the next morning, and since Sophia's not made an immediate decision, Dorothy announces that Sophia's living with her. Before she can get upstairs and pack Sophia's bags, Blanche enters and tells the other Goldens that she was the only one concerned enough about Sophia to actually check on her that morning. Sophia packed her bags and moved out. Since she cannot decide which of her biological or adopted daughters she loves the most, she's just going to live on her own. Presumably that's the same decision Oliver made when he had to choose between living with his foster dad or his biological mom. (laughs) (laughs) Or going to fish for tuna, right? Right. Bumblebee tuna. Yes. Yum, yum. There was one line um, near that last, it was in the very last scene, but it was when they were sitting around the table having the sex talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a couple of things in there I thought were pretty funny. You know, for one, I think Dorothy initially is like, oh, you know, did, we used to have a little lead up to these uh, these yeah. stories. And Blanche says, we were younger, we had more time. How was the sex? <laughs> <laughs> and then my, but my favorite. Is that your excuse to Sherry? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Like there used to be more than like we were younger, we had more time. How was it? Exactly. <laughs> no, that's not. I don't bother with that last sentence. I just say we were younger, we had more time, and then I go to sleep. 
And then you fart silently. Yeah. <laughs> Not that silently. Yeah. <laughs> silent, the silent parts are for the honeymoon phase. <laughs> Once you've been married a while, then you let it rip. <laughs> How do you... There's always something Cassie and I were talking about the other day. Um, okay. Like, at what point do you think they tell deaf people that parts make sounds? Um... I don't know. I mean, I would imagine pretty early on. I uh-huh. think that they let them like know. Like little deaf kids are told, hey, don't fart in public. People can yeah. hear you. Do you think, though, that deaf people care that much about being heard farting? Because they've never had the embarrassment of, you know, like they've never noticed someone else farting and other people laughing at it. Maybe they notice people laughing and not knowing what. <laughs> yeah, or... I'm sure they smelt something. And well, sure. People... <laughs> yeah, so it's like but the audible nature of it would probably not be the embarrassing part to yeah. a deaf person, I would Well, I think, think that... I mean, do you think they're like nobody will know it's me? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know. I don't know. But I mean, I think you just can... stumbled on an amazing skit, <laughs> like <laughs> like a comedy skit. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like young deaf person, I just think, like farting like a storm. I think it would have been an amazing comedy sketch in 1996, <laughs> but I think <laughs> in 2023 it'd be looked at as making fun of deaf people and probably not to go over as well as you might I think. think it'd be hilarious. Don't so my spec script on Helen Keller goes to Taco Bell. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just put back in the old sock drawer. Yeah, probably for now. <laughs> I'm sure things will come back around. Okay. <laughs> so. Back around. When, when Ski's uh, political leanings take power again, uh-huh. then That's all right. bets are off again. Uh, My political leanings. <laughs> but yeah, then there was the part where uh, Rose had talked about like the time that her, how her and Charlie would sometimes do it in the barn, basically. Oh yeah, they asked. She asked like. How could you do with all those animals watching? Yeah, she's like, how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was great. That was maybe my favorite line of the episode. So. There's also the thing where uh, when the, she's talking about how they experiment with sex. You think the roosters said, are like, get a room, I have to get up early in the morning? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, uh, she just, Dorothy just says they experimented, and Rose was like, with what? Mm-hmm. And she says, sulfur dioxide. So mm-hmm. I had to look it up because I'm stupid. But... Uh, <laughs> Highly toxic. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah, it smells <laughs> like sulfur, doesn't it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just uh, it's like a rotten uh, egg smell. I looked it up too. I forget what it was. If you have, because like, you're also stupid. <laughs> 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 like I was doing the recap. It's like, oh, maybe I'll do a deep dive on sulfur <laughs> dioxide. <laughs> it said some like a hundred parts per million mm-hmm. in the air mm-hmm. is enough to be lethal. Yeah. Wow. Um. All right, well, we had a, a handful of guest actors on that episode. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, we had B. Arthur playing Dorothy Hollingsworth. Mm-hmm. Fresh face youngster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, I don't know. I young, did going somewhere. Young ingenue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did for a moment debate on do I go for her credits like I would any other guest oh, yeah. actor, but I chose not to. Um, yeah. But this is her first of two. Of course, yeah. she'll be in next week's episodes. Some, uh, episodes of Golden Girls. <laughs> right, exactly. 177 <laughs> to be exact, or 180, uh, depending mm-hmm. on how you count them. Uh, then we also had uh, Kent Zbornak. Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> so what would that be like? I don't know. <laughs> so. It'd be... Um, C, D, X, X, V, I, I. Correct. Or yep. C. Or, or if you thought it was 80, then it'd be X, X, X. Then we had... Or, uh, if you get past 75, do you start going before? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So would it be... Oh, well, then it'd be 80. Well, I don't know. So then... <laughs> No, I mean like before the next two hundred. So it would be C, and then twenty three, and then C. 
Yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So. All right, then we had, uh, of course, then Kent Zbornak, again, cab driver for him. This is his second of two Goldens. We also saw him on Season 7, Episode 14, Goodbye, Mr. Gordon. Mm-hmm. He played the role of Kent on yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, then we had... Calling it most Kent. famous person to ever play a cab driver on Golden Palace. Again, how could it be anything different? I know. <laughs> it's funny, too, because I think there's a lot of people that are big fans of Golden Girls that have never seen Golden Palace, like ourselves. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And so I think most people won't get that joke for two weeks. <laughs> or for, for, for one week. <laughs> yeah, because it has to be next week. They all get that joke. Um, then we had uh, Henry Pollock II. Uh, he played the uh, dining room guest. 85 title for him. This is his only golden. Um, he was in uh, Incredible Hulk, Mark and Mindy. Uh, Who? Mork and Mindy, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> 13 episodes of The Monster Squad as Dracula. Uh, and he was five episodes of Batman the Animated Series as Scarecrow, but I would say... That's a good version. Mm-hmm, yeah, and probably okay. what, his version of Scarecrow or Batman yeah. the Animated Series? No, Batman the Animated Series is classic. Yeah, his yeah. version of Scarecrow is okay. okay. And then probably best known, though, 65 episodes of Webster as uh, Jerry Silver. Mm-hmm. And then we had a... I, I assume it's Bertilla, because there's only one L, um, but Bertilla Damas, or Damas, she played Beverly. Dumbass. Dumbass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she played uh, Beverly, 67 titles for her, her first two Golden Palaces. Um, she was in two episodes of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, an episode of Star Trek Voyager, um, and then uh, four episodes of King of the Hill as uh, Maria uh, Montarlo or Montalero. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're a bigger fan of King of the Hill than mm-hmm. I am, so I wondered if that would ring a bell for you. Uh, four episodes of Grimm, which was a show I enjoyed. An episode of uh, Shameless Dexter and then a couple of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, I believe she plays Amy's mom on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I could see that. So That was our uh, guest actors. Mm-hmm. So Have you been watching the new Futurama? No, I have not. It's um, good. I, I really want to go back through, because I know, like, w- with The Simpsons, I feel a fair amount of confidence that I've seen every episode mm-hmm. at some point. Yeah. Um, with Futurama, I know that there's episodes I yeah. haven't seen, and I kind of want to go back through and start from the beginning and go mm-hmm. all the way through, but... I guess it's just hard to find the time. Yeah. I was current before, like, this new season. And I'm, I'm current now. Like, I've been watching it religiously every week or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that was one that I had caught up on. Like, when they did, like, the reunion stuff on Comedy Central, I had not watched those. Oh, but then, okay. like, a couple years ago, I was like, oh, I'm going to. So I rewatched the whole thing, including those. So rewatching the whole thing, just out of curiosity, you know, because obviously it's it's changed hands a few times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like that the writing quality has been consistent throughout the whole series? Mm-hmm. I do. I do. And I'll honestly, you pick a season one episode and one of these new episodes and play them back to back. I think you'd be hard pressed. Uh, I th- drop. Yeah. I think the only way you would be able to tell which was which was whether Fry and Leela were together or not. Oh, okay. You know. <laughs> well, that's good. That makes me even more uh, interested in going what back uh, animation quality is pretty much the same too. Isn't yeah, it? I think it's probably the exact same studio or whatever. You know. Um, so, uh, Ski, who got your MVP for this episode? I'm pretty sure I gave it to Dorothy. Yeah, yeah. So this one I gave it to Dorothy. I thought she did a real good job. It was good to see her again. Yeah, I gave it to Dorothy also, but I'll be honest. I think it was more sentimental than anything mm-hmm. else. I mean, there wasn't any other golden that I really felt like you know, stole the show by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Dorothy ended up kind of getting it more on sentiment than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I exact same logic, and that's why I gave it to Kent Spornak. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was really the star of the original series. He was. He was. <laughs> well, is that who you really want to give your 
Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, definitely. Too. Like B. Arthur came back, and she was pretty much just playing like the same character she did last time. Mm-hmm. But Kent Bornak came back and reinvented he st- himself. He did. He did. He's like, I'm, I'm no longer a stage manager at a community. He's <laughs> like, now I'm a cab driver, <laughs> selling oranges. <laughs> I like Renaissance to think he does man. both. Oh, yeah. I think that's the same character. He oh, just yeah. has different. Uh, he does cabbie. Uh, yeah. Side. Yeah, he's just stretched thin. That's why he's a horrible cabbie. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's all about that hustle. That's right, yeah. But he took the time to come back in to try to get his tip. <laughs> well, exactly, yeah. Do you think, I mean, I won't even say do you think, I know neither of you two would be because you're too similar to me in this regard, but can you imagine going after somebody for a tip? Like, be like, yeah, you should have tipped me for oh, my services. No. <laughs> I just can't. No. Like, even if I felt like I really excelled, I just can't imagine me like, hey, where's the tip? Yeah. <laughs> like, that would yeah. never be me. And I, like, I'm a generous tipper. Mm-hmm. And even if I get absolutely horrible service, I still tip, you know, the 20% or whatever. Like, nobody is ever going to come after me. It's like, you owe me sure. a tip or you didn't tip me or whatever. I just don't want that interaction at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I'm not quite as generous as you as far as that goes. Like, I'm generous for good service. I am standard tip for, uh, I mean, I go with the normal 15% if it's bad, ser- if, if it's bad service. If I feel like That's I got, normal? I mean, that, that is, I think, standard. I think the 20% only became more of a thing during the pandemic um, as far as I being. I think it's always been 20% my entire adult life. Mm, I, I think, I've, I've heard 15% quite a bit. Really? Yeah. yeah, I think it's always 15 like, has been the standard, and then 20 is for good service, which I think my standard for good service is lower than most people's standards for good service. Yeah. Um, and so most of the time I give 20, and then if it's really good service, then I'll go above that to like yeah. 25 or maybe even higher. But yeah. um, but when it comes to bad service, I mean, I probably haven't not left a tip in mm-hmm. 20 years at least. You know, I would have yeah. been a young person at that yeah, time yeah. and less sensitive to the you know, plight of the working man. Mm-hmm. You're still I, insensitive to the I, plight of these working men. I can only think of one time I didn't give a tip, and it was very much on purpose. It's because they yelled at you for putting your daughter at a different table? Well, they brought her a glass with ice. Oh, yeah. that's right. It's <laughs> like, I ain't paying for that. How dare they? <laughs> they said she, he, she could have Go tap water. Yeah. And exactly. Tepid uh, tap water. It was, uh-huh. <laughs> it was, it was just, I remember the real bad interaction. I, mean, I don't remember the details. I don't even remember where it was. Mm-hmm. But I remember there was, the person was super rude to me and my wife. And, uh, like, I think we got things cold. It was and this late. is a restaurant? Yeah, it was okay. a restaurant. But, I mean, I just remember it was really horrible. And we were, like, looking at Because me and my wife uh, both tip 20% pretty much across the board, even if it is bad service. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time, we're like, we're just leaving. I think she left exact change mm-hmm. sitting on the table, and we left. <laughs> Like, I don't think we even finished our crappy food. Yeah, I think the last time I didn't tip was when Ski, um, myself, Sherry, and, and our friend Danny, mm-hmm. um, it was on spring break. It would have been our freshman year of college, like mm-hmm. that time yeah. frame, although none of us were at the same place at yeah, that yeah. point. Oh, man, I do uh, remember that. But we went to a restaurant. It was at a, at a in a hotel in West Palm Beach. Okay. And we got awful service. Like, the whole time, like, it took a really long time for the person to come. And then, like, it was just... All around bad service. Wasn't yes. our waiter the, the manager? No. Did we figure out? We ultimately asked to talk to the manager, and the woman was like, it doesn't matter. You guys aren't going to tip anyway, mm-hmm. um, because it was a place that most of the people who were there were older. Yeah. And so I guess she just assumed that because we were a, a table of young people that yeah. we weren't going to 
tip. And yeah. so became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. And so I was like, all right, well, I mean, if, if you're intentionally giving me shitty service because you don't think I'm going to tip, mm-hmm. then yeah, I'm not going to tip. Yeah. Um, so that was the last time. So that would have been, that would have been 20, either 19 or 20 at the time. Mm-hmm. Probably, probably would have just turned 20. So yeah, I guess 24 years ago was the last yeah. time I think I didn't tip. Mm-hmm. Pretty good track record, I'd say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're due for another dine and dash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. One time, there was one time <laughs> that we, and I was whiskey at the time, too. <laughs> I'm a bad influence. But yeah, we, we had been sitting, for, we had probably been sitting waiting for our bill. It was an for, hour. Yeah, for an hour for our bill until we finally, and we had asked for it earlier, and we were still sitting there, and so finally we, were we like just. like looking at each other like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so we were like, fuck it, let's just leave. <laughs> and so we left, and we got out to the parking lot. Now, if we would have left and got right <laughs> in our cars and left, it would have been fine, but uh-huh. instead we stayed out there and chatted for a minute, and then, <laughs> that's we when the waitress. for like several minutes. Yeah, and uh-huh. so then the waitress, so that's when she finally decided to give us service again, and yeah. she came out. It was like, oh, aren't you guys, what, are you guys not going to pay or something like that? And then Ski went back in and paid yeah. for the food. And we're like, oh, sorry. Did you <laughs> give like, her a song and dance? Did what? Did you give her like a song and I dance? Like, I thought I did. That. It was an hour ago. Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember anymore. Uh, but I do remember being like embarrassing at first, but very hilarious after. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that I know a little bit more about it, because at the time I did not realize, I think like most young people who don't know how things work, I would have assumed like, oh, it's. You know, just the restaurants that's taking a hit for that. Mm. I didn't realize how many restaurants take that money out of the server's pay, mm-hmm. which is just, to me, should be illegal. I yeah. It should totally be illegal, yeah. Um, Agreed. And so with that knowledge now, under no circumstances would I ever, even if it was a terrible service experience, would I ever leave without, yeah. you know, paying for a meal. But again, I'm also a much uh, more decrepit and old man <laughs> now. and Less time between now and the great beyond, so yeah. I better. <laughs> exactly. You're closer to St. Peter than you were before. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> Don't have as much time to make up for bad uh-huh. deeds. Trying exactly. to, try to get credits. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's what's the penance for Dine and Dash? Uh, I don't know. I would have to say that maybe you uh, don't get to eat for three days. Really? Or something like that. Like the priest can tell you don't eat? Oh, what the, I mean. Like uh, you go to confession, you're like, hey, it's been three weeks, I dined and dashed. Um, three Hail Marys and, uh, That's it? and Our Father. I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on uh, on the priest. A lot of priests, I think, are... Do you think he asked you, like, how much the check was? Maybe. And it, pro- it would probably be that you should go back and pay your check uh-huh. um, and apologize, you know, for mm-hmm. for your transgression. And then yeah. there would be something on top of that, like, gotcha. you know, some sort of service or, uh, mm-hmm. or, like I said, probably mostly prayer. That's mostly what the penance is. Usually. Twelve rosaries. Yeah. Like tw- <laughs> that would take a while to pray twelve rosaries, mm-hmm. so... Do you know? Do you know how to pray a rosary? No, I do not. Okay. Yeah. It's just it's saying it's a lot of repetition. Yeah, Hail Marys and Our Fathers quite a bit for one rosary. So gotcha. If you did ten of them or twelve, you'd be saying like I don't know. Oh yeah. Twelve hundred prayers or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think we have any beads of all at our house. That's a shame, <laughs> except for the ones that <laughs> that you use in the bedroom. <laughs> They've been experimenting we have no beads. <laughs> not only does he leave the lights on. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but Elena starts him up like a lawnmower. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, would start you up, wouldn't it? Like, ah. Wouldn't sit down for a week. Yeah. Right. What do you guys have anything? Do we name? Oh, no. How many slices of cheesecake? We didn't even finish that yet. How many slices of uh, two? Two slices for you? Really? Wow. I gave it 6.5. Oh, wow. That was good. I was in the middle. I mean, I, I gave it a five. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. I didn't love it. And I didn't think. It's funny because I was looking into the ratings of the show and. 
you know, I guess even with uh, B. Arthur's appearance, it just wasn't enough to, mm-hmm. you know, like it started off strong, but went, you know, got weak pretty quickly after yeah. the initial, but even her appearance didn't really do enough to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <gasps> goose up the numbers all that well, much. Look, now, yeah. now you're d- digging on her appearance. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if she was a more attractive actress, then <laughs> they probably would have gotten the extra ratings they needed, but. Yeah. I, um, oh, go ahead. But yeah, I gave it a five. I, th- I thought it was. I thought it was good. Now I am also kind of grading it on, you know, based on the other Golden Palace episodes I've seen. See, that's what, like, I guess, I think we probably got enough for this week. I'll save my thoughts on what they should have done for next week. Okay. okay. And by the way, I can hear that. Can you really? Yeah, unfortunately. So okay. if you guys are hearing anything odd, it's Brent uh, fiddling with his water bottle. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> did, did you guys have a favorite line? I mean, I think, I think for me, it was the one where where Rose like, "How can you not?" And yeah. when she was talking about doing that was, it, with that was definitely one of my favorites. I had this one though, the uh, part where Chewie uh, is thanking Rose for not uh, being too harsh uh, when he tells everybody he got married mm-hmm. being drunk, and she says back to him, "It's your life. I mean, if you uh, want to blow it, or if you want to throw it away, marrying some uh, cheap uh, tart in a drunken stupor, who am I to object?" Yeah. <laughs> Well, that would have been one of my openings. I thought about introducing you as a cheap tart yeah. and a drunken stupor. Well, so I had that written down as so, my favorite line for the episode. So I agree with you that it was a very solid line. So, <laughs> all right. Well, um, damn it, I can never remember it, but uh, you know, oh, you're special. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like to life, to love, to us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stay golden, Coco. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Get tattooed on your buttocks. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. Nuggets. Ah, but just couldn't. <laughs> well, because you were like, and you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if you're going to drop a word that I wouldn't want in the podcast oh, okay. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. How's your weekend gone so far? Good. Good. What'd good. you guys do today? Um. So this morning I went to the gym and then went home and got cleaned up and everything, and then we went down to um Trafa- uh or. We took 135 down and had lunch in Bloomington at that okay. knuckle sandwich shop that I'd been wanting to check out, and then went on down to Trafalgar and went to the Apple Orchard and stuff. Oh, and then nice. stopped off in Franklin on the way home and got ice cream. And stuff. I like to think that the knuckle sandwich place only serves like actual knuckle sandwiches. Uh, you like know? pig knuckles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Moose. Everybody loves that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did you by any chance go to that... Uh, Gwen went to her friend's Dorothy's house. That's where I was picking her up from, and mm-hmm. they live in Beach Grove. Mm-hmm. And I guess there's some sort of a festival going on there. Yeah, we went. Um, so we went Thursday night, um, and it was fun and everything. It was, I don't know, you know me, you know. Mm. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, we've talked about this before that you know. When I see the world, the world sees me, mm-hmm. you know, and now I don't have to put on my Sunday best every time I walk out the front door, okay? Right. But, like, we went Thursday night, and I was like, oh, we're going into town. Need to, you know, look, 
clean and everything. Yeah, got your Dust, suit, suit on. Up. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and so then, you know, we get downtown. I bet he looks 50 in a Zoom oh, suit. absolutely. I didn't, I didn't, like, no, not at all. Like, I wore, you know, it was business casual. I wore work and everything like sure, that. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, work from home or whatever. Uh, well, it doesn't matter. Long story short, you know, I felt that I looked okay, you know. But, you know, I get downtown and I was like, hillbillies just sort of <laughs> rolled out their front door in their pajamas and, <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It just seemed like... Yeah. A lot of sleep pants. Exactly. A lot of sleep pants, a lot of Crocs and stuff. And yeah. I don't know. It was just like, they just didn't care they were going into town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a more casual man than you, but it is something where, like, even though frequently when we're doing these podcasts and it's just mm-hmm. here at the house, I wear, you know, sleep yeah. pants or whatever. Yeah. I won't even go to Walmart with my sleep pants on or even the gas yeah. station. Like, if yeah. I'm going out into the world, I got to put regular pants on exactly. and a regular shirt. I don't want something with a stain or anything exactly. like that. Like, yeah. Just just a bottom, you know, line level it's, of kind of like where I feel comfortable being just, in public. You know, it's it's the Beach Grove Fall Festival. It's like, show a bit of civic pride, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> so well, hopefully Gwen and her represented when they went. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, well, I know what Gwen was wearing. She was wearing something similar to what she would wear to yeah. a, a school day that didn't require a gotcha. uniform kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ski is the kind, though, he likes to go out a lot with his bib overalls but no shirt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's what he's comfortable <laughs> in. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not trying to judge. Exactly. He's a junior samples cosplay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got the, uh, the button-down uh, butt Flaps and I leave them. I leave, leave them down for easy uh, access. Do you? <laughs> so you don't need more underwear to no, these things. Huh? Sometimes you got poop. Yeah. <laughs> you eat a lot of fair food in the food. street. Yeah. <laughs> I just figure you're like, yeah, those elephant ears they go right through me, but I right can't help me. myself. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. So they um, so I'm an elephant ear man, but Cassidy and Helena like the funnel cakes. Okay. You know, so they got funnel cakes. I um, like both. See, I'm an elephant ear man myself. Elephant ear, just, you know, a little cinnamon, sugar. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. But delicious. they get funnel cakes, yeah, with the powdered sugar. Um, but, like, so, like, but they have toppings mm. for the funnel cakes. Yeah. And it was, like, $2 extra if you wanted, like, cherry or strawberry or chocolate. And I'll give you that. Maybe you can charge $2 extra for cherries or strawberries. Mm-hmm. But chocolate seems like that's a... It's a, it's a syrup. Exactly. Yeah, it's probably even freaking, like... Just yeah, I'm sure. They're not back there melting Giardelli squares oh, or something. I'm sure there is this great man with the chef's hat on, just having to constantly stir so it doesn't set. <laughs> the uh, chocolatier, the guy. Exactly. Pay him by the hour. <laughs> yeah. They got a pot of boiling water with a little <laughs> saucepan on top of it. Get him in there from, from <laughs> Switzerland, you know. Just <laughs> but no, yeah, I agree. Like you said, it's probably literally a bottle of Hershey's chocolate syrup. Yeah. Kind of a <laughs> So if you want to charge like fifty cents for that, that's fine, but not two dollars. Yeah. It does definitely sound excessive. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's the, that's the only place where I feel like funnel cakes get the advantage is that it is. You know, I do like the toppings occasionally, mm-hmm. um, or sometimes I guess you can get it where you have a dip of some sort that mm-hmm. you kind of rip them off. And yeah, then, yeah. But I absolutely now see. You kind of indicate that you're exclusively elephant ear, mm-hmm. whereas I think Ski and I are probably on the same page where we yeah. like both. I prefer elephant ear, yeah. but. But if there's a funnel cake and not an uh-huh. elephant ear available, yeah. then I'm I don't all know right. if I have a preference. Probably depends on like, uh, depends on how it's made. Like if an, if a funnel cake's made really well, I really love those. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a toppings guy. I like the powdered sugar, and that's all. Well, cinnamon mm-hmm. is probably my favorite 
uh, dessert, well, dessert act. Yeah, you know. then elephant ear is yeah. where it's at. Yeah, exactly. And mm-hmm. so, um, have you ever had elephant ear with caramel drizzle? Mm-mm. But I was thinking about caramel the other day. It is not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's an odd endorsement. It's not bad at all. <laughs> it's good. I'm just. Like, <laughs> It is zero percent bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you would not be overtly upset by it. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> Listen, like as far as flavors that are not found in nature, mm-hmm. caramel's probably everybody's favorite. I mean, do you consider like I realize that chocolate comes from like the cacao yeah. bean or yeah, whatever? Yeah. So you consider that to be found in nature? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's a rough. There's call. a lot of processing that goes into it before it's a chocolate. Well, absolutely, but I mean, I think I think a distant second would be blue raspberry. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you feel like that uh, that there is dew found in the mountains? So that's a uh, flavor found in nature. <laughs> mountain dew's not a flavor per se. Like if you go to the store and you want something that's Mountain Dew flavored, mm-hmm. you have at most half a dozen options. Right. <laughs> you know. But if you want something that's caramel flavored, you've got oodles and oodles of choices. That's fair. Yeah. And don't even get me started on a Dolstalesh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you feel like out of all flavors that are completely man-made, caramel is number one. Yeah, I would say that's America's favorite. Okay. I mean. It's probably the most common. I'll, I'll grant that. Most other flavors have some sort of basis in nature. Yeah, nature yeah. fruit type yeah. flavors yeah, or whatnot. Exactly. So a bean or a fruit or a mm. vegetable. Or I still think it's a stretch to call chocolate a natural flavor, but um, <laughs> <laughs> just because the way that we eat it is is far from natural. Yeah. Although I'm a dark chocolate man, though. All so right, so yours is a little closer. closer yeah, I'm a little closer to the unprocessed mm-hmm. au natural cacao. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I've always thought you were a little bitter. <laughs> makes exactly. Sense. <laughs> exactly. So you guys ready to jump into our episodes? Am I? I'm <laughs> really just playing the sit Yeah, here. are you? Yeah, I am. Okay. No jumping needed, really. <laughs> All right, give me just a second. Jump for joy. <laughs> After tonight, right. we'll be darn it. We'll be not quite halfway through the rest of the season. Over a third. third yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over a third after today, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and our max meeting will be at the halfway point. Yeah, well, in, that's true. Yeah. In two weeks, we'll be at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. Big right. jump from 0.33 to 0.50. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've expanded our playoff format, so it's going to take oh, us. God. It's going to take us 37 episodes to get through the playoffs. That seems fair. <laughs> it's a triple blind round robin. <laughs> right. Well, what actually I decided we do. So there's what 180 episodes plus these 24, so 204 total episodes. Yeah. We're going to do each head to head. So there'll be 102 episodes, and then we'll take those 102 yeah. winners and then whittle them down to 51. And are you are you partner them up like our highest rated with our lowest rated? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. <laughs> so. I thought you meant each iteration, like episode one versus episode two, episode one versus uh, episode three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the only fair way. We want to be accurate. It's, this is science, fellas. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know there's an easy mathematical way to figure that out, but that'd be like thousands. Right? Oh like, yeah, yeah, two hundred and four pure permutation. Like eventually, it'd be, like, it'd be millions. Actually, wouldn't it? Probably. I don't know about millions because you figure you'd Would have two hundred and four to the two hundred and third power. No, no, there's a, there's no, a formulation. Because yeah, you figured the first one there'd be two hundred and four matchups. You do then the second one there'd be two hundred and three, and then yeah. two hundred and two. 
So, I mean... It's one of those E to the something. Yeah, there is an equation to figure it out. I'm too far outside of school to remember that equation, Mm -hmm. but it would not be to the 204th power or whatever Mm -hmm. it was he said. Yeah. I mean, you're too far (laughs) out of school, you know, which I'll agree with. I think Mm -hmm. we should have Ski do the math because he spends the most time at school. Yeah, well, that's true. But but the kind of learning he's doing is a little different. (laughs) Just because I hang out in the parking lot. He's trying to learn movement patterns. (laughs) Exactly. you know, weaknesses and the <laughs> migratory patterns of the pretty young things. Yeah, blind spots in the security systems. <laughs> Randy drops off his daughter at 5 p.m. on the dot. <laughs> drops her off at school at 5 p.m. <laughs> what school are you going to? Night, I, night school. Okay, well, at least that's a little better. <laughs> at, at least if it's night school, there's a chance there of, <laughs> of age. <laughs> because if it's daytime school, then it's much more likely that you're talking about children. <laughs> so, 